Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is one of the most famous and historic churches in London. Behind me, just over that wall, you can still see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to around 180 AD. And there's been a church on this site since the 6th century. So it's a privilege for us to be keeping alive that tradition and the message of Christ's love for all here today. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always a great pleasure to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble.
Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this Remembrance Sunday when we remember the horror and the pity of war. We honour the memories of those who gave their lives in the service of their country and we pray for the peace of our world. Wherever you are and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family.
We remember before thee with gratitude, O Lord our God, those who gave their lives for the cause of freedom. Grant unto all of us for whom they died, that their devotion may bear fruit in us, in more abundant concern for others, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them.
Out of the darkness of our divided world, we cry unto thee, O Lord. Let not the hope of men perish, nor their sacrifice be in vain. Turn to thyself the hearts of rulers and peoples, that a new world may arise, where all may live as thy children in the bond of peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We sit or kneel for our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess to God the sins and shortcomings of the world, its pride, its selfishness, its greed, its evil divisions and hatreds. Let us confess our share in what is wrong and our failure to see and establish the peace that God wills for his children. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen.
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty Father, whose will is to restore all things in thy beloved Son, the King of all, govern the hearts and minds of those in authority, and bring the families of the nations divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin to be subject to his just and gentle rule, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Daniel. In the third year of King Cyrus, a word was revealed to Daniel. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been seen since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars for ever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign when these things are all to be accomplished? Jesus began to say to them, Take heed that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumours of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Westminster Abbey is famous for its memorials to the great and the good from across the centuries. Kings and bishops, political leaders, celebrities, poets, the wealthy, the wise, and even the occasional villain, they are all commemorated there. So it's a curious fact that the most famous monument of all in the Abbey, which also happens to be the only memorial set into the Abbey floor that nobody ever walks on, is dedicated to a man whose name and identity remain a complete mystery. I'm speaking, of course, of the tomb of the unknown warrior. I don't know whether you're familiar with the story behind that particular monument, but if not, it is well worth hearing. In October 1920, at a time when the battlefields of the First World War were still full of the bodies of hundreds of thousands of men roughly covered with earth, an army chaplain who had served there the Reverend David Railton, wrote to the then Dean of Westminster Abbey. He suggested that the body of an unidentified soldier might be brought back from the front and buried in the Abbey to represent the countless thousands of British and Commonwealth servicemen who had died fighting in the Great War. The dean put the idea to the king, George V, who at first was very cautious about the idea. With the war so recently over, he was concerned that a high-profile public funeral of a war victim in the abbey would only reawaken 
the terrible feelings of shock and grief that had engulfed the nation during the war years. However, the Prime Minister, David Lloyd George, was strongly supportive of the idea, and eventually the King consented. The military authorities were asked to go to the battlefields and exhume six bodies from graves bearing crosses marked simply unknown. Each of the six bodies was put into a plain coffin and taken to a hut just outside Ypres. A young British officer called Henry Williams was blindfolded and led into the hut. The first coffin that he touched was selected and taken to Boulogne. There it was placed into a larger coffin made from a Hampton Court oak and sealed with two great straps under which was placed a ceremonial sword that had been presented by the king for that purpose. The casket was brought to this country and transported to London. Large crowds gathered and lined the streets as the funeral cortege travelled from Victoria to Westminster. At the funeral service itself, which was held in the Abbey on Armistice Day, the 11th of November, 1920, the King was the chief mourner and 100 VCs lined the nave. And people turned up in their thousands to pay tribute. The Times described that service as the most beautiful, the most touching, and the most impressive that this island has seen. The grave was filled in with 100 sandbags of soil brought from all the countries where the Allied troops had fought. And a year later, a black marble gravestone from Belgium was laid over it. Within a week of the funeral ceremony at the Abbey, it was estimated that no less than a million people had visited the grave of the unknown warrior, and 100,000 wreaths had been laid at the cenotaph. The event stimulated a massive outpouring of public grief because, for the first time, it gave permission for people to express publicly the devastating loss that so many of them had experienced privately. And all this was made possible because of the inspired idea of an army chaplain and because of a nameless, classless, ageless man who has become more famous than all the great and the good who lie around him in his final resting place. My good friend and one-time mentor, Michael Main, reflecting on his own time as Dean of Westminster Abbey, wrote the following words on the true significance of that famous tomb. Over the years, I came to understand that this was much more than just another war memorial. 
for it is saying that every single casualty in war was someone's son or father, husband or lover, and that each death, each war office telegram, each official letter of sympathy was heartbreaking. In honouring this anonymous man and placing him in the most public part of the Abbey on Remembrance Day 1920, they were making the strongest possible statement about human value, about the worth of every single human being. We, in turn, were affirming that truth. We were saying that we have no right to call anyone ordinary, for each one of us is extraordinary, an ensouled body made in the divine likeness. And the real blindness, that culpable blindness of the spirit that can only be compared to living in the dark, is the failure to see the true value, the wonder and the mystery of every person you meet. There is nothing glamorous about war. It is just a terrible, terrible fact of human existence. It always has been and it always will be. As we gather here this morning, 101 years after the burial of the unknown soldier in Westminster Abbey, it's worth remembering how many others have lost their lives in war during that intervening century from other nations, as well as from our own, of course. We must never forget the horror and the barbarity of war, and we must never forget the courage and self-sacrifice of those who gave their lives in the service of others. Those of us who are, as a result, privileged to live in peace and freedom must never take those privileges for granted. But above all, we must never forget those words of Michael Maines about the worth of every single human life. As was poignantly illustrated by the public outpouring of grief triggered by the funeral of the unknown soldier, the consequences of war do not end at the moment of ceasefire. Far from it. Many, many lives were devastated as a result of that war and as a result of all the armed conflicts that have ensued. As we honour the memory of those who died in, this, in the service of their country today, we must never forget the pain and the torment that continued in the lives of those whom they left behind. At the end of the First World War, a woman called May Wedderburn Cannon was working in Paris for MI5, where she received the terms of the armistice dictated to her over the telephone. She later wrote the following poem, with which I shall leave you. But just to set the scene for you, the poem is set in a Paris office, full of women 
when the telephone rings, bringing the wonderful news that the war was finally at an end. Not only are the women overcome with joy and relief, but they are allowed to leave work early in order to celebrate, except that two of them must remain behind to look after the office. As you will hear, it is interesting to discover who those two women are who agree to stay on, why they do so, and what the news of the end of the war means for them personally. The poem is called simply Armistice. The news came through over the telephone. All the terms had been signed. The war was won. And all the fighting and the agony and all the labour of the years were done. One girl clicked sudden at her typewriter and whispered, My Jerry's safe! And sat and stared. One said, It's over! Over! It's the end! The war is over! Ended! And a third, I can't remember life without the war. And one came in and said, look here, they say we can all go at five to celebrate, as long as two stay on, just for today. It was quite quiet in the big empty room, among the typewriters and little piles of index cards. One said, we'd better just finish the day's reports and do the files, and said, it's awfully like recessional now when the tumult has all died away. The other said, thank God we saw it through. I wonder what they'll do at home today. And said, you know, it will be quiet tonight up at the front first time in all these years, and no one will be killed there anymore, and stopped to hide her tears. She said, I've told you, he was killed in June. The other said, my dear, I know I know, it's over for me too. My man was killed, wounded and died at Ypres three years ago. And he's my man and I want him, she said, and knew that peace could not give back her dead. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, 
the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. The response to the bidding, Lord for the years, is we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, we come together on this Remembrance Sunday to pay tribute and honour the courage of all who have sacrificed their lives for our freedom today. We entrust to you those times when we can see only shadows and lose sight of the hope to come. The times when suffering seems senseless, life so fragile. Bless us with the assurance that you are in all things, the tragic and the beautiful, the nightmare and the dream, the light and the darkness. We put our faith in you, for you are the source of life, peace and hope, now and forever. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. We pray for your church throughout the world and for our own Church of St. Bride, for Her Majesty the Queen, and her enduring service to this country and the Commonwealth. For Alison, our rector, and Jeff, our associate priest, and for all who have made it possible for us to join in this act of worship, wherever you may be. Watch over our family and friends, who we do not often see, and keep them safe. We give thanks for the commitment, dedication and perseverance of all involved in the fight against the coronavirus. Lift them up when they grow weary and give them courage to face the difficulties that confront them. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. We ask your blessing upon all who feel unloved and unwanted and for all who are suffering from broken relationships and broken trust, those struggling with debt, the homeless and unemployed, and for whom life brings little hope. Support the work of state and voluntary agencies 
in their attempt to relieve hardship and restore dignity. Help us to help them where we can. Healing God, be with all who are unwell and suffering. Give peace to the anxious, courage to the fearful, and rest to the weary. God of the spirits, we remember before you those we have loved who have reached the end of their earthly journey. Give them rest in your eternal kingdom, where the clouds of earth's sorrow are lifted. May we who miss them gain comfort in the memories that we cherish in our hearts. In a moment of quietness, we bring before you all known personally to us who are in special need and for all who have no one to pray for them. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of the seasons, as the daylight hours gradually shorten, we reach for you from our quiet places. May we stand still and listen to the rain, watch the play of sunlight and shadow on the leaves. We thank you for this earth, quiet places and stillness, from which we will reach out to each other. Merciful Father, I accept these prayers, prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? To crown all things there must be love, to bind all together and complete the whole. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of death. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, 
so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. O God of peace, whose Son Jesus Christ proclaimed the kingdom and restored the broken to wholeness of life, look with compassion upon the anguish of the world and, by thy healing power, make whole both people and nations. Through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the church, the queen, the commonwealth, and all mankind, peace and concord, and to us and all his servants, life everlasting, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. 